Hello, and welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast, your one stop for co-op news and reviews. This week, Jason Perez is here to entertain you with some more shelf stories. Yo, my peoples, what's up? Welcome back to Shelf Stories, the channel that tells tales from games, books, and life. And also, welcome to the One Stop Co-op Shop Podcast. We have made it. Part three, top 200 solo games commentary, the People's Choice list that is running on BGG. Uh, Kevin Erskine has released game number one uh, on November 20th. So it is, we're going to wrap up the celebration talking about the uh, unfolding solo list. And we are so excited to come back with part three. The panel is back. We're recording this all in one day. So it's like, all right, we're going to do this. And we're getting a little <laughs> bit more salty and comfortable with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Liz dropping bombs, uh, making me <laughs> having a good time. Hopefully, you're having a good time along with us out in the audience land. So, let me introduce the panel one more time the proprietor of the top 200 list, the person who collects all the votes. It is a people's choice list. Uh, so, then who collects all the votes, wades through people who don't read directions and makes it harder for him, and, but, but turns all that. Uh, that's whatever is he gets into beautiful listicle form for our minds, our hearts, and our wallets. He is Kevin Erskine. Welcome to the show one more time. Uh, thanks for having me. My uh, my last chance to be famous for another year. <laughs> <laughs> you get 15 minutes every year, my friend. I, I'm happy to do it. Uh, okay, uh, we have uh, from uh, Beyond Solitaire. She is my gaming bestie. She's going to be uh, comment writing on the side. Unfortunately, uh, 17 episodes ago, we covered war games. No way war games going to make it to the top 50. <laughs> so, but we we love her anyway. We have her around. Liz Davidson from Beyond Solitaire. I gave you that shot on purpose because of what you said to me last time. <laughs> Welcome to the show. <laughs> it was just too good. Uh, but I'm a believer. I think that I think war games can come back. I, it's gonna happen. <laughs> and my terrible choice in choosing a panelist <laughs> who are <laughs> Hi, you're so mean to Mark. I mean, honestly, yeah. <laughs> Sounds like my wife, what she says about me. This this is all wrong, yeah? <laughs> you besmirched sleeping gods. I didn't like that at all. So. Yeah. <laughs> didn't so much Sorry. besmirch it. There's not much of a game there to besmirch okay, okay, okay. in the first place. Yeah, we start again. Mark Dainty from Not Board Gaming. Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much for having me, I think. And last and certainly yeah. least, it is. <laughs> I'm kidding because we both love Symphony of the Multiverse. Uh, I love this love man. Yeah. He's Luke Hector, the Broken Meeple. Welcome back to the show. Thank you. Right. <laughs> All right. So we are covering top 200 solo games. We no longer have to uh, cover spoilers. We can now talk about the entire list. And I can give some perspective in terms of stats. One of the things we do, we do lots of game commentary, but just give uh, context for how the list has changed over the years with concrete numbers. So a uh, couple of things. So uh, this is in honor of Sarah Bear, who is a prominent person in solo, or was, I don't hang out at, as much as I want to in the BGG Guild, uh, but she helped me a couple of years ago and, I, and she requested that I always report on this. So I'm going to do so. Cult of the Old. How many games have been on the list all eight years that Kevin has run it? In the past, uh, so last year I tracked it, it was 20, it was 30 games that have been on the list all eight years. This year down to 22. So we are really cutting like, you know, survivor style. Like I wonder which game is going to last like, you know, 10, 12, 15 years. So then a lot of the games we covered already. Uh, I'm sorry, Kevin, go ahead. 
Just just the hundred or two hundred? Just a hundred, just a hundred. So okay. two hundred, it, it blows my brain. Uh, <laughs> Because uh, you weren't tracking 200 for a long right. time. I think you started 200 only a couple years ago. Uh, so anyway, so top 100, eight games have fallen out. We've covered a lot of them. Uh, Freedom, the Underground Railroad, uh, Flashpoint Fire Rescue, Ghost Stories, Gears of War, Pathfinder Adventure Card Game, Snowdonia. Oh, Snowdonia. Uh, and um, Star Realms, you know, that, that one is whatever. Imperial Settlers was a, Imperial Settlers is interesting because it was a very, a big favorite solo game, but I think things have come along and replaced it. Uh, so then those, those are the games that have dropped out. Poor, poor. Uh, I'm going to put a little graphic. I'm going to pour a little uh, 40. <laughs> <laughs> so 22 games are left in terms of games that have been there all eight years. Uh, all right. So then uh, the next games in the chopping block are games like Cost Negotiator, games we mentioned before. Uh, Space Empires 4X? No. <laughs> I don't know why mm -hmm. I wrote that down. That's not going to go on the chopping block at all. Unless Voidfall comes in, but we'll get to that. Uh, 204 games that got first place votes up from 172 uh, last time. We mentioned before that there was like over 900 total votes. So we have, uh, which was a, a two, a one third percent increase over the last year, which is crazy. 50%. 50% increase. I, my, my math is terrible. A yeah. uh, huge increase in numbers. So we got a lot of games of first place votes. Um, the lowest game with a number one vote is called Habitats. And it's the kind of thing where it's like, I've never heard of this, but like, I'm so glad someone has something that gives them such joy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, so many other games like zoography and I've, the games that I've just, you know, I, I don't want to talk anything about them at all, but the games that I've, that gave, that gave people joy. Um, so I would like to ask uh, every, everybody here, uh, what is your favorite game that did not make the 200 list before we get started in oh. the actual 50 to one? Oh, I know mine. Double check it's on there. Yeah, myth for yeah. me. Um, I, I I still love myth, and I'm waiting for Ulysses um, to reprint it and come out with it. Um, the, I I think it's a fantastic system that hopefully they make even better. But I, that, I love myth. Mm -hmm. It's a mess. <laughs> the rules of giant glorious mess. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Liz, what is your favorite solo game that did not make the 200 list? Ooh, um, one of them just pick a, a a noteworthy game that you don't think made it. yeah i say something like uh stilico less the romans by robert dileski um it's from hollenspiel it's just such a lovely little game i know that people don't like paper maps and um you know it could be a little you know judgy about how things look but i really like stilico it's funny it's got lots of good roman jokes in it so does its uh predecessor wars of marcus Aurelius. Mm -hmm. and uh, if you want to play like an accessible solo game about keeping back Roman Empire enemies. It's good. I like it. Uh, I, I put, I, I totally surprised Luke and Mark. I, they yeah. had no idea I was going to ask that question. So they're like, what, what, what? Uh, so have you figured out what is your favorite solo uh, game that did not appear? Mark, I'll start with you. Okay. I would say Dungeon Degenerates, uh, which oh! I know the artwork, is, yeah, the artwork is divisive. I think it's a cracking uh, solo experience. You play multi-handed <laughs> with it. Tells a fantastic journey and fantastic interconnected stories every time you play it. I love Dungeon Degenerates. That's oh, a, that's... a the art is divisive is understated. <laughs> it is, yeah. I, I want to be it. You weren't far off, though. It got close. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> what about you, Luke? Um, thinking of a bit of a niche one here, I'll say, because most people probably don't own this one because they've only just done another Kickstarter for it, but it's so low on the list. In fact, it almost didn't even make the votes. Edge of wow. Darkness. Is wow, big that's box, true. 
a big box it is so far down the list it's on two because i think most people don't own it but i love it solo it's kind of a bit on par with like the dwellings of elderville in terms of it's like how easy it is to do and how it kind of like improves from the multiplayer game but if you like the card crafting system of a mystic veil edge of darkness basically goes well why don't we like jump that up to 11 and add worker placement and a cube tower and god knows how many other mechanics in it as well so it makes it a really heavy experience but with the giant box down there and all the content yeah this i would rather play it solo than with multiplayer not to say multiplayer is bad but yeah it's it's definitely my niche title but it nearly didn't even get a vote edge of darkness is was a very expensive and i think like you look at it and people are like okay it's cards and it's a board like if they're gonna pay that much it's like where's the minis and where's all the other mm. like you know pomp and circumstance yeah. um where's, where's my 3d terrain yeah <laughs> 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 I love I love Edge of Darkness actually. It's a really, really good choice. Mm. Uh and I am definitely looking to get more feature for that one. But yeah, you're right. Um, I know this is a my one of my favorites that I know you like, Luke. Um, is the Pursuit of Happiness. Is it oh, I yes. love <laughs> the Pursuit of Happiness? It's an excellent solo. It's a lighter weight. So I, I it, it definitely, if you look at the list, for the most part, people perf- if they're gonna go a year or they're gonna go a little bit heavier than Pursuit of Happiness, but I love the yeah. I love like oh. developing your life and everything. That's great. It was only 15 off as well. <laughs> that is such a good solo game. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a really, really good one. Uh, but we're not, so that's the just kind of giving people a sense of our taste and the things that, uh, you know, what we're looking for. Liz with some obscure Euro, Kevin with some big sloppy dungeon crawler, and me with like some thematic thing. <laughs> and Mark, I had no idea you were just like, you know, some acid trip of a board game. That's <laughs> child, of the, child Mark, of the 80s. What can I say? The 80s, yeah. Mark, Mark. <laughs> All right, so yep, let's get yep. to 50 to, tw- 50 to 26. I always mess those numbers up, but 50 to 26, we'll talk about that one. There are some really, really games over here. But let's start with the debuts. And we mentioned this towards the end of, or I think Mark mentioned it off camera, but we'll talk about it here. Hadrian's Wall, number 50, a, a pure debut. Go ahead, Mark. Yeah, I just think it's a, a phenomenal achievement. You've got what effectively looks like a, a spreadsheet and a game that looks on the face of it to be really complex. It's a, a flip and write more than anything. So you're flipping cards and then you're filling bits in on the, on the spread on the, uh, uh, on the two pads that you've got, but it all makes sense. And it creates a really good puzzle every time that you play it. Again, there are difficulty modifiers. And I think they've launched a solo campaign on the website as well that you can get for it. It's not as complex as it looks. The rule book is really, really very good as well. You read through that rule book once and you can play the game effectively. I think the only, uh, I know we're talking about solo here, I think the only thing about it is as a multiplayer game, I think it's pretty much multiplayer solitaire, but as a solo game, it really, really shines. I think it's a, a really good achievement. It's, it's the only Garthful Games game I've got, uh, and I think it's just a cracking game. I think it's it's accessible despite it looking complex. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am... Liz and I are mad at Hadrian's Wall for different reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Thematically speaking, uh, we won't uh, get into that now. But in terms of ooh. a like a flip and write, that's that was a movement, right? I mean, roll and write, flip and write. A lot of people were designing and, and making games in that space. The more you explore that space, the more complex you get. So it's like, yeah. how much can I put into this genre? And Hadrian's Wall is definitely one of those uh, where it's like, okay. This is about as much as I want. <laughs> yeah, they have really taken squeezed as much juice out of that uh, particular thing as possible. So, like, I mean, people are really responding to it. So, there you go. Yep. Uh, also, a debut on the solo end, Warp's Edge, uh, the bag building game, also from uh, Renegade Game Studios, in their solo line. 
Proving Grounds was like this quick dice rolling in that didn't really make an impression. But Warp's Edge from Scott Alms, uh, bag building. Uh, well, you could tell me about it, Liz, because uh, I know you did a preview for it. Oh, I did a review for it. I love Warp's Edge. Warp's Edge is a great bag builder. This is the reason why people look at you funny when you say Copyoster is your favorite loot. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> um, look, no, exactly, Warp's Edge, yeah. Warp's Edge is a phenomenal like space fight, dog fight against a big boss bag builder where you are acquiring all these different tokens for defeating enemies and you get special powers and you know you're trying to build up you know your arsenal correctly so you can handle these increasingly difficult enemies and it's just it's very slick it's very smooth it's very satisfying it's a keeper for real it's really 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 good i've never actually come across it i mean i probably would like it from the feeble though if you talk, if you ask me that this game what year it came out i would have never guessed it was last year because it yeah. doesn't look like a 2020 game. It's, oh, it's definitely like Space Invaders e like a uh, motif. They're going for like a little bit of that older vibe, yeah. uh, but nostalgia. Yeah, you, you, you had kind of two of them vying for the position last year. You had this and Under Falling Skies, which came out more or less the same right. time. I've still not played Warp's Edge yet, and it, I think it went out not went out of print, but it wasn't available for a while. So it's something mm. I do need to pick up. Yeah. Uh, but I know that I, solo players that like it do really like it. Yeah, yeah, I try it. It looks good. Yeah. Mm. Uh, give her a coffee roaster. <laughs> no, no. I still have my copy of coffee roaster, but get more. I can, I, I can a hard have both. For me. I can have both. It's fine. Yes, yes, you can. You can, as you can have said, coffee and spaceships and space coffee. As I said, I'll, I'll give the disclaimer in every single episode. If we talk junk about a game, we're not talking about anybody. We're not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. We're just having a good time. Uh, if you anybody who likes certain games, we, we totally uh, affirm your taste. So we don't, we're not going to try to be uh, too, too mean towards people. But the game's all oh, baby. Uh, anyway, apart from Luke, we can be lean, mean towards Luke. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, I want to point out, Jason. Jason. So we can talk about the full list, though, right? Even though we're talking about this segment. I, I mean, depending on what it is. So I just want to say, you're talking about we're not going to see any war games here, but there's so much kind of war game adjacent stuff that did make it this high. You know, either really solid, yeah, like games, yeah, or things that have yeah. some CG mechanisms. So, for example. Sure. Pax Premier is on here. That game I was going to lead you back to Premier, yes. Fabulous. It is fabulous, fabulous, fabulous. I love that game. Yeah. I'm glad to see it get attention. Um, you also have things like Dawn of the Zeds. That's still a classic States of Siege structure. So just because people don't want it to look like it's in World War II or something doesn't mean that those mechanisms are not going to work for people. True. And also, I'll just briefly mention that Nemo's War, which has the same kind of vibe, is higher up. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, actually, I was going to mention, let's take take a little bit more time on PAX Premier because that one is, uh, I mean, it was a second edition. Uh, yes. uh, Ricky Royal uh, redid the solo on that one, and they it, yes. and, um, there was a lot going on there. Uh, I mean, it's a um, co-worldly game, and co-worldly just, I mean, that dude. <laughs> I'm surprised <laughs> he's not more represented on the list, but like between Root and PAX Premier, definitely good, good representation. Uh, and just like, you know, the... I, again, you're very right to point that out. Like I make fun of like the war games, the way Luke was talking about them, where it's like, okay, uh, name of thing and then date this yeah. to this. <laughs> like that style of war game may be passing, but in terms of the patrimony, in terms of the mechanisms and the approach and the arguments that it makes, and like there's definitely, uh, that lives on. Yes. In, and, and a game like Pax Mir is definitely, uh, you know, kind of yeah. going on that patrimony. Yes, 
Um, and so if you're curious about playing a historical game, I think Pax Premier is a beautiful mixture between a very elegant game and extremely interesting commentary on a historical era. Uh, you're, it's Afghanistan, it's the Durrani Empire, and you are basically these Afghan um, <laughs> nobles who are, who are trying to get what they can for themselves and also make sure that they're siding with whoever's going to have the most influence in the country. So either the Afghans themselves, the Russians, or the Brits, because this is during colonial era. So you're doing area control and you're doing, you know, sneaking around and building up a really good card tableau. You can assassinate other people's cards. There's just so much that you can do. Once you realize the possibilities of the game, it's just so tense and fun and vicious. And Ricky Royal made a really, really good solo bot that does enough of everything to really give you a run for your money have you played that's it a- yeah absolutely i've got it it's uh it's in my top 10 list of solo games uh not only is it wow. quite a unique game and it's uh as, as liz mentioned kind of all the interconnecting mechanisms there it looks beautiful as well it's kind of uniquely uh, uh beautiful you've got the clay pieces you've got the cloth map with it yeah. um it, it is kind of a uh, not complex game to get into, but to make sure you've got every rule of the solo rules right, you're going to have to yeah. play it a few times to work mm. through that. Uh, but once it does click, it's a game that hits my table fairly frequently. I love Pax Premier Second Edition. How does it work solo, though? I've only played it the... I played it the once. I'm not even sure why I played it, because obviously it's not the theme I would have gone for. But I, my friends had it. We played it. I can't remember how I won. <laughs> Somehow I did. Because <laughs> I was barely understanding what was going on. But the... But a lot of it is supposed to be the interplay between players and dealing with like sure. the actions of what they do. So how does the bot replicate that? So the bot is a series of cards. Uh, so it's um, and it is choosing actions based on where some icons are at the side of the cards there, but also based on the game state as where you are at the moment as well. So I think I've never, I've never played it with other people. I've only ever played it purely solo. So maybe you're missing out on some of this kind of um, uh, kind of making treaties with people, etc., and, and the diplomacy aspect of it. But still, the bot provides enough of a challenge. I think Liz hit it on the head where it gives you enough of the game to really enjoy it from a solo perspective. It's worth worth seeking out, Luke, definitely. I think it's a beautiful, beautiful well, solo game. Well, I mean, I haven't got the game itself. My friend has it. Yeah. Steal it. I, I bet, I, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's, the thing is, <laughs> nick it. Not, I don't go for the these... British uh, parlance, nick it. Yeah. It's just, I don't, I don't <laughs> go nick for it. the... Yeah. I just don't go for the thieves. That's that's the thing because I mean, I've got a picture here. It shows it beautiful. I'm hit or miss about the whole pastel blocks all over the place thing. But the, the cards, when I was getting those, it's like half you need to know about two things on the card what icon it has and what flag it has at the bottom or something. And then it's got like about three quarters of the card is flavor text, which is fantastic if you have any interest in the theme when you get into it or so. But if, if you don't have the interest in the theme, it's kind of hard to gel with well, it as much. just don't no. read it then. No. <laughs> I, actually I, had reading game, I actually ended up reading an entire book about this just based on the yeah. bibliography wow. because I thought it was so interesting. But um, no, I mean, well, the game is still enjoyable. Definitely, yeah. It's still enjoyable just in the sense that you're still out for yourself. And mm. it's that delicate, like, okay, am I going to try to make sure that I've got enough personal stuff out of the map that if we can't mm. kind of get one of these factions to be dominant at score check, I can personally benefit? Or do I want to try to, like, help be part of a faction, but then I won't get enough credit if somebody else is ahead of me in terms of sucking up to them enough? Mm. And that's <laughs> the real, like tension you know what i mean and yeah. it doesn't matter if you know anything about the history or not that's just pure human brown nosing politics like 
Uh, I'm surprised this is one for you, Mark. I wouldn't have put this. I know you like a lot of the heavier stuff, but I wouldn't have put this kind of game. Yeah, yeah, you know, there's there's certain games where I may not know a lot, a lot about the the history that happened there, like like this, and maybe like Freedom Underground Railroad. Is I've learned a lot from those games. Whether you agree with whether they should be made or not is a different thing. But Freedom Underground Railroad and this, as you mentioned, the flavor text on there, I have no interest in this particular period in history. But I found it fascinating to read each and every card on this, sure. understand the motivations behind all of the various characters and the various uh, factions, etc. And that really helped me. We mentioned a sense of immersion earlier that really yeah. helped me get immersed in a solo game you certainly get enough time to so well in a multiplayer anyway <laughs> all right so we are going to talk about some risers now uh so uh i'm going to bring kevin back in here uh we're talking more chip theory we're not going to hear a lot from chip theory but they're going to keep on going uh the riser uh, plus 30 which is pretty significant uh cloud spire at number 27 uh, are you still, oh, I mean, I know Madara's at the table that's been there since June, but like, is that still kind of in your brain space, Kyle's fire? Oh yeah, yeah that, that, I, I played um, probably about half the scenarios before I put it away um, just to play something else. But yeah, I love Cloud Spire. And, it's, it, and again, it's right up my alley where I, I can play a game and it's like, okay, I didn't get all the achievements. So I'll start it over and do it again and do it again and do it again until I'm like, okay, I got them all. Now I move on to the next one. And, and it's uh, troops. Yeah. It's like it's, it's it's like open field troops and like yeah, it's uh, like you a know, tower defense. Tower defense. Well, yeah. kind of. Yeah, it, and yeah. it's just it plays quick. The chips, you know, like you know, standard chip theory stuff. The chips are great. The mats are great. Um, you know, you're moving. Um, there's less hidden. In it. There's no dice in this one. So there's well, there's a little bit, but um, you know, it's more about just you know planning and strategy. And you know, I'll look at the map for you know, five minutes before I decide, okay, this is where I'm going to go this turn. And cause I know what the enemy's going to do. And uh, so it's, 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 it's a great game for me. That's the kind of stuff I love. Uh, Mark, you've played, you've, uh, you enjoy it. There we go. I've got my class oh, collection here. <laughs> for the not podcast, all... it is right behind Mark's head. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Not all of it. I, I, I got the expansions earlier this year. They're in, a, in another cupboard. I love Cloud Spire. I think it's, um, as Kevin says, uh, once you get to grips with it, and again, it's just one of those games that's not necessarily easy to learn. There are lots of nuances to the rules and then you've got all the asymmetric factions as well uh but once you get to grips with how it flows it, it's a really really good game i played it uh solo obviously considerable amount of times uh, i played it over zoom with paul grogan a couple of times at gaming rules as well and i know kevin says it plays quick <laughs> sometimes some of those scenarios have gone on for two or three hours at a time yes but yeah yeah the turns are quick, quick. Uh, but it's it's dynamic as you're playing the game. The, the landscape changes dynamically. What the AI does changes dynamically. It's not for everybody, and that's that's a real. I think this is a quite a marmite game for a lot of people, uh, and I can understand why people. Uh, you guys wouldn't understand marmite. Sorry, it's a UK reference there. It's a yeast. It's a yeast based spread that some people like and some people love. Uh, so yeah, it's it's kind of a, a divisive <laughs> game. I can understand it not being for a lot of people, uh, but for me, it, it, it's a great game. I love Cloud Spire. You, you have to teach me this one at some point. Yeah. That's, the thing, that's the thing I've always wondered about Cloud Spire. So I, I also really, really like Cloud Spire. I think it's brilliant. It's so imaginative. It's doing everything that Chip that you're supposed to do. Um, I just wish that I had other people to play with because I feel like the solo is really cool, but it's also on rails. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. And yeah. because you have to go through the scenarios as opposed to just like, oh, I want to play this faction versus this faction. Let's throw it out. Let's go. Um, so I'm really happy to see it rising because that tells me we're going to get some more stuff to do. Yeah. 
But you've also got the end, the, the endless mode, Liz, at the True. end of the solo rulebook, which just allows you then to have this constant wave of other factions coming towards you. I mean, they just made three and a half million dollars in their last too many months Kickstarter. So I have a feeling Chip Theory is just fine. <laughs> Whatever they want to release. <laughs> like fancy people like fancy poker chips. <laughs> <laughs> just and tell one, me how many yeah. Sentinels in the multiverse cards you've got again, Luke. Yeah. Yeah. A lot. More cards than there are poker chips. But it's a lot. Uh, How uh, much another, did your card spark cost? One last noteworthy uh, riser, which we've talked about a couple of years, but it just continues to keep on going up. The uh, designer has definitely, uh, I think there's a lot of love for the designer. Uh, they uh, have done a lot with customer service and getting the word out about their game. They only have one game, so they're very devoted to it. Uh, was a feature on Liz Davidson from Beyond Solitaire uh, talking about this one particular game, and it just keeps on getting the love over and over again. It is Obsession, plus 23 to 29. I wonder how high that game is going to go. I'm really happy to see it get as high as it has. I love Obsession. Yeah, it's, I, uh... It really is. like it, it's be good. The more and more I think about it, and I, I, I pop it down every once in a while. It was like, wow, this is a really, really good game. So, Mark, so, are you I about to say I... something on this? Yeah. <laughs> well, I live, I live literally a 20-minute drive away from where Obsession is set, and you cannot get this game for love and money in the UK at the moment. So I know people absolutely adore it. Uh, it it's within, yeah, it's, it's set within 20 minutes of my house, and I've never played it. I, it's, it's on the list, unless I want to play, pay stupid money for it, and those days yeah. are behind me. I'm, I'm just going to wait for it to be available before I get hold of it. Yeah, yeah I can't, yeah. Un, I'm struggling to understand it's mass popularity. I've, I've, I've played it once because I think David Digby brought it to a local convention. It's like, look, everybody keeps banging on about this game. Please teach me this game. So we played a four player of it. I can understand why it's probably better solitaire than four player because yes. honestly, the other players have no purpose being in the game for right. it. Like, it really is a solitaire one. But even after playing it, I'm going, okay, this is a unique theme in that. But I'm still trying to understand why this much buzz. Like, I mean, mm -hmm. it's an obsession play on, you know, no pun intended, but everyone is like gagging to get this game and i'm thinking it's nice it's a different theme i can't stand that period of history but i mean it's that's I'm sure your problem like it because i grew up yeah. watching bbc specials i love to read right. like regency era romance novels i like down abbey like i like all that stuff so if i'm like like ooh, let's hold an event to the bowling green like to me that is hilarious i want to do that well, and i, I want to make my little finger sandwiches yeah. and have tea it was funny to joke about that i mean i can't i mean i was just trying to like not make fun of it, but I was trying to like make a stupid theme out of it because I knew it wasn't the theme I liked, but it's kind of like, all right, let's just go nuts with this. Let's just like ham it up like crazy. Mm -hmm. But maybe maybe there's too much bad memories from having to read and watch all of Pride and Prejudice at secondary school, which has probably put me <laughs> off this theme for life. <laughs> <laughs> when, you, when you have to read out loud the book and watch the six-hour serial with Colin Firth or whatever. No, no, the six-hour serial, like, so... Okay, this is probably a gender <laughs> issue. Um, uh, straight, bookish women, for sure, in the United mm -hmm. States, and probably a number of other subgroups of people who admire Colin Firth. Like, that that miniseries is, like, the imprint for, like, attractive... <laughs> like a gentleman for uh, like an entire generation i'm just like how many times could these people have dance balls in one lifetime it's like seriously it's like every week as many times as y'all can get together and play yeah. warhammer or watch a baseball game which i also like to do or yeah it's, i will, it's I will say I'm, 
that my wife liked Bridgerton. And like, because she liked Bridgerton so much, oh my God, she watched it four or five times. Did she like Bridgerton or did she like Hastings? Yeah. No, no, Bridgerton. I'm just saying the Duke of Hastings or the whole show. She liked the whole show. She liked the whole show. (laughs) Yes, the draw. The Duke of Hastings was a draw. Um, So like, I actually got her to play half a game of Obsession because of Bridgerton. And she's like, this is a little bit too much for me. Uh, And I think that's also the draw from a solo experience because there's these three resources. You have your cards, uh, which are the the guests. You have your tiles and you have your servants. And those are three different streams that you have to kind of coordinate. Mm. And that's challenging. That's a really enticing challenge to get them all to do the same thing at the same time. Because if you miss one, then you're going to miss out on half your points. And so that's, mm-hmm. I think that's a real draw in terms of mechanism for a solo as well. So we banged was- on about obsession enough. You, you got me saying banged on, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, can, can I just can I dispel one myth as well for uh, uh, maybe not uh, not British speaking friends is it's not Derbyshire. I'm sorry about this. It's Derbyshire. <laughs> no, Derbyshire. Yeah, it, Derbyshire. Yeah, Derbyshire. there's no Shire. Oh. Derbyshire, yes. Yeah. Shire is for hobbits. Yeah. Hey, hey, at least they're pronounced. At least they're pronouncing the H for a change. You know. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, just really quickly, some some uh, games that are noteworthy for their falls, uh, and then not like rocketing down, but it's definitely you know just like a, a double digit fall for Oni Rim, Renegade, oh Ricky Royal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why, why are you putting your thumbs up for Renegade, uh, Kevin? No, not Renegade for Oni Rim and Leg- and uh, Legendary Marvel. Oh, yeah. Okay, so there are some double digit fallers right there. It's definitely up there. Uh, Mark got Renegade on the cut right there. Hey, uh, uh, Ricky World, I think I think what you is still riding with me watching the show. Go ahead and put a comment in there. Uh, if you are, if you are, if I shout you out, you're watching the show. Go ahead, please put a comment in the YouTube. There's a big family over here. Uh, and you know, so like, I mean, it's just a case of you know, games that aren't getting released and there's new games coming in. So, you know, they're still like the stable kind of in the top 100, but, you know, we're getting pushed down by uh, newer releases. So then let's get to the top. Let's get to... Hang on, I, just, oh, just, I want to say one thing. I mentioned it earlier. The uh, the game that I got the most, like, I don't know, controversy for combining was Arkham oh. Horror. I had, ah, people, okay, I had, okay, okay. I had yeah. numerous people who would say, I want second edition only. And I'd, you know, send them a geek mail back saying, well, I'm going to combine them. Like, okay, we'll take out my vote. <laughs> literally we're saying don't, wow I don't, I don't wow i had multiple yeah. people do that wow. and it's so what's interesting is you have a brand new version and it still dropped that mu- I, that tells me that yeah. the new version is hated it's not good i don't think it, i mean it's it's good it's just weird it, it's just i don't know like they, it feels like a very different game that they slapped arkham horror on mm. and it could be a perfectly fine game but why is it arkham horror only for sales, only for branding, mm. and only for just I, it's just it's just a different game, and I just yeah. feel like, it's, yeah, it does it just gives such a different a taste than what people are used to with Arkham Second. Possibly, yeah. I mean, the, the theme is still the same, though. I mean, at the end of the day, the, the premise is still the same. A couple of mechanical differences, but you still mm-hmm. go around, get encounter cards, read the story, kill a few monsters, stop the big bad with the theme yeah a couple of mechanical differences but i mean i used to play a lot of arkham horror second i have not played it in years because there's too much stuff in that box a lot of mechanical differences the third one at least allows me to play it a bit easier although we'll get to the best example of that later on and you know so it's 
I don't see why combining that would be that controversial. You know, it's only well, a game, people. Right. <laughs> and, and if anybody's wondering, the reason I combine them in this case is like, if you try to buy this or Descent, you're going to get the new one. So I combine mm. them because yeah. that's what you're going to get. If you look up Arkham Horror, you're yeah. going to get the new one probably at the store. And then the only other game I'd mention, I love Tainted Grail. So I, we, we mentioned mm. a little bit here and there, but I, I really had a, that's probably the game that was on the table before Madara for a month or so. So, love it. Mm. <laughs> Got two more campaigns to play in it. I can't wait to get started on that. Tainted yeah, Grail definitely hit my yeah. like. I think my, my cup is runneth over, and Tainted Grail just I mm. just couldn't fit it into the cup. But it's, there's it's nothing the, wrong with it. It's mm. it's a really good game. It's the dark gritty themes that I think is selling it to be with the solo ones. Even if it is kind of historical base like one i know it hasn't risen or fallen but i've got a, this war of mine the board games on this one at 30 adore this game so much particularly with the last expansion now i don't tend to go for necessarily like the war themes or even anything that's kind of based on a historical war of such but this one i think it's like what emotion it gives you there because you mentioned freedom the underground railroad that one can get you pretty sort of thought up if you take it seriously this war of mine no so dark mm. so gritty and yet i love every second of it i'm playing <laughs> because i'm actually caring about half of the events i do particularly Absolutely. with days of the siege mm -hmm. where i'm trying to like oh i've just come across an orphanage i know i've got stuff to do but oh, i've really got to save them i gotta do this <laughs> and then this when it goes bad for you you're actually like Arr. that's brilliant. yeah that's one i that's one i probably should get mm -hmm. mm. this was it's brilliant it's unique it tells a great story it's like fraught uh you know in, in a weird way but it's I, I don't know. It doesn't feel gross. It doesn't feel exploited. No, no. Right. There's a lot of games that enter into like war and suffering and, you know, they feel a little bit gross because they put mm. you in the position of a, the conqueror or something like that. I mean, this war of mine puts you in a position of a survivor. And, yeah. you know, if you, it's basically, you know, the seventh continents and the Robinson Crusoe's, but like much more, you know, the, the modern theme and, you know, yeah. emotionally resonant. And Wismore Wine is just completely, completely, mm. utterly brilliant game. Mm -hmm. Solo yeah. gamers, you have good taste, people. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, Liz, is there a game in the 50 to 20, 26 range that you think we should talk about? Uh, let me check one more time. That we missed. Because we talked a bunch about Pax Premier, which is... That's the one you wanted. <laughs> we got rid of game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I we think got, we're good. We got the one. We got we're the good. one. Let us move on to the top of the list uh 50 or uh, 25 to one mm. and i and let's just go straight to the top we're not going to bury the lead over here <laughs> spirit island people <laughs> spirit island mm. is so I, I think like when you see like okay number one number two number three you're thinking like okay it's kind of a tight horse race this is not a tight horse race people mm. like and spirit island became the number one solo game i think it was three years ago right kevin something like that no last year i think wasn't it? i think it was i think it's the i think it's the oh, third maybe year. it was two yeah, right. maybe it was. this is a third year that it's been number one. So we're talking a couple of years ago. And since then, we like we had our little like back and forth about like, OK, which, you know, a tussle. No, no, no. Spirit Island is the mm. uh, secretariat. It is completely putting so many things in the dust. Do you want to uh, break down some of the vote totals and how the breakdown, uh, how the, the vote breakdown happened there, Kev? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, there, when you look at like number of votes for a game in the top 20, I mean, Spirit Island was almost half the people have it on their list which is that's remarkable um a hundred more say, than the next game mage knight a yeah, hundred more I, right and, but i will say this for mage knight though it's got a hundred less votes and it still has more number one votes true um so less people i mean i think every time someone brings up mage knight the first comment from all the haters is oh it's so complicated don't even bother you can't play it 
And so it scares away a lot of new people. But, you know, some of us like me and Liz, we will keep telling people that if you try it, you may love it. And really, I mean, if it wasn't for a game that I played 97 times in one month, Mage Knight is unquestionable, would still be actually as far as a self-contained non-campaign. For me, there's nothing close to Mage Knight. It's still the number Mm -hmm. one by far, by far. The Spirit Island's good. It's in my top 20. I love it. But yes, Spirit Island, as far as, I mean, the number of people who voted for it, um, yeah, the the score, I mean, the difference between that and and Mage Knight is as big as the difference between Mage Knight and the number three game. Um, Mm -hmm, So yeah, it's, it's unquestionably, when you look at stats, at least the number one. I mean, we're talking doubling up the next couple of games. And, you know, so Spirit Island is on 400. Was it? I mean, say 472 out of 950 ballots. The, I mean, we're t- by the time you get to number three, we're talking like you know, 300 ballots, 200 ballots, 100 yeah. ballots very quickly. I mean, Spirit Island is just a monster mm. and voted mm. highly. I mean, the average vote people, it's not just like kind of hanging on people's list. It's like an average, uh, I think it was average of five. You know, it was the, yeah. it was the mm. average of fifth place game, which, you know, relative to uh, only it only Mage Knight beat it in terms of like the average rank on people's uh, list. So it's not just people are voting for it, it is a lot of people's number one game. Luke, yeah. you are a fan of Spirit Island. Go for it. Yeah. yeah. The, the fact that Spirit Island has beaten Mage Knight fills me with so much joy. You cannot believe it. <laughs> but. <laughs> I, I love Spirit Island. This is I, I want my Euro puzzle, but give me the theme with it. Combine the two, you get Spirit Island, and everything about it just works for me. Oh, yeah. I don't know what Kevin's doing. He Kevin's Kevin's messing around. Is are you digging out uh, a big Abaka Mage Knight back there, Kevin? No, he's on the phone. No. Um, <laughs> oops. Uh, All right, I'll mute. Yeah, the 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 Spirit Island is just yeah. so good. Sorry, everything about it. <laughs> everything about it is thematic. It's it doesn't even look that great overall. Actually, go ahead. Um, stuff, I'm going to cut yeah. a lot of that out. Uh, go ahead and start again. Start uh, start again with Spirit Island. Which Spirit Island is that combination of I want the big heavy Euro puzzle, but I want the strong theme to go with it. Yes, the aesthetics are not the pitch perfect. You know, the white chintzy plastic everywhere, but I do not care. And even playing this <laughs> multiplayer, I still have fun. But playing it solo, which is typically true solo, one spirit is still great because every time I can play a different spirit, different adversarial scenario, and I'll get a completely different game, which effectively tells a story because I still remember things that have happened from specific games. And I, I mean, I love the fact that this is kind of like the polar opposite of like Mage Knight in terms of theme or something. Both of them are heavy games with a Euro puzzle in it. But when you've got like Spirit Island up on the, the upper side of theme and then Mage Knight on the lower end or something, it's like, it's, it's good, interesting to see like two polar opposites be the top two mm-hmm. it's really it def- interesting you describe mm-hmm. them that way that is not at all how i see spirit island and mage knight is polar mm-hmm. opposites like, i do not see any theme in mage knight whatsoever i strongly <laughs> disagree with that you, you mentioned but, um, his, kevin mentioned the first comment was it the first comment the haters on mage knight say is like too complicated that's not the first comment i have <laughs> no i mean for me mage knight is not mage knight is incomparable for me because and i've said this before it, nothing else gives me the sense of growth that mage knight gives me mm-hmm. um i i mean you already start off fairly powerful right but it's about you know there are some ethical choices if you get into that sort of thing which i certainly am able to i've burned down a monastery or two in my time but, <laughs> <laughs> but um how bad is my reputation it's already pretty bad burn baby burn <laughs> but for me it's <clears throat> it's less about 
I don't, I don't see them as opposites just because it's the feeling of the, that the games give me is so, so very different. Mage Knight gives me a feeling of increased power and of growth. And I like that even within, you know, even, even within a fairly set environment, if you are controlling like what tile stuff go in there, like it's, um, you still have so many choices because you'll never have enough time to do all the things that you could do in the game because the timeline is so tight. I, I like Spirit Island, but like, when I dream about having time to play a game, Spirit Island yeah. is not the game I dream of playing. Yeah. And Mage Knight is. I'd agree yeah. with that wholeheartedly. I think Spirit uh, Mage Knight for me always always holds a special place. It was um, my first board game I got when I was moving into modern board wow. games and or solo board games. So you know, I decided to jump right into the deep end, spent days reading the rule book, all that kind of stuff, played it wrong, probably still play it wrong in places, and I don't that care. Because, you probably watched Ricky Royal's uh, tutorial on oh, it. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. That man, <laughs> we owe so much so to Ricky Royal. But yeah, and, and I love, and, and like Liz says, if I have the time and I know I can devote some time, I want to get Mage Knight back on the table. Spirit Island should tick every box for me. And it's, there's no denying it's a great game, but it's constantly in and out of my to sell pile. Uh, you kind of mentioned it being this top 20. I don't think it would make it into my top 20. I enjoy it when I play it ish, but uh, you know, I, I always kind of think, God, I wish I was playing something else instead. And, and uh, you know, I've got nothing, nothing against Spirit. I mean, it's, it's pretty much like, and we've skipped past it, Lost Ruins of Armac. It does everything correct and everything it should do. It just doesn't engage me, Spirit Island, whereas Mage Knight. I put it out. I'm lost for hours, if not days, because I'll go back over multiple sessions. Yeah. And I will tell it. I will tell a fantastic tale as I'm going along the countryside in Mage Knight, and that's why it will always be really high at the top of my list. Yeah, Mage Knight gives me that intense, addictive feeling that Spirit yeah. Island for some reason doesn't do for me. I think it's really yeah. interesting you said about Arnak too. That might be a separate conversation, but I'm we'll get very to that. Yeah, I, I wanted to just yeah, get yeah. to the top, dub, yeah. and then we'll yeah. like, I know, work. I know, on I know how Jason. Now I know how Jason felt when we were ragging on Sleeping Gods. Spirit Island uh, is objectively a good game. It's yeah. the best. Yeah. It no, is a fantastic game. You know, you say there's uh, nothing wrong with Spirit Island. My big complaint is you can go along and you're playing and you're you're doing stuff and all of a sudden you're like, oh, oh, I won last turn. And you don't even realize, I mean, Mage Knight, there's no question, you know when you won. You don't win. Yeah, we don't win. (laughs) You don't win. I mean, you mentioned mentioned the growth thing or something. I remember as a power of growth, right? I'm going to go, I'll go into this cave. Oh, there's a dragon, I'm dead. Oh, that was good. <laughs> learn okay, to play. So learn, you don't like Mage because you have failed to plan and you're blaming the yeah, game. Yeah, you're just not <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know what's in the cave. It's, there's a cave. I'm going to go into it. I'm an adventurer. I don't know there's a dragon. Well, I don't know how you got a dragon in a cave. That that, that's a great question. I, because I got the rules wrong because everybody who plays this game gets a rule wrong. <laughs> so, hey, between Ricky Royal... A bunch of other tutorial series out there, including mine, which is quite good, including by this, the way. Yeah. You could learn yep. it. Yeah. I know. Mark and I have come to blow so much on Mage Knight. It's great. It's like, <laughs> we could do a whole video on it. Like, <laughs> Why Luke is both. wrong. They're, yeah. they're, both, uh, <laughs> they're both top six games for me. Uh, Sleeping Gods are edged above uh, Mage Knight for me. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I think, yeah. It's all like... It's, <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of like that. The other thing is, I think it's a similar reason why Gloomhaven didn't work for me as much. It it takes what's supposed. I think I went into it with the wrong impression. I'll admit, because I went into it thinking, right, give me a good thematic dungeon core adventure, but instead it's a Euro game with that theme pasted on top of it, a bit like Gloomhaven is, and it's mm-hmm. like ah, 
I get why that's great for a lot of people, but that wasn't what I was hoping for when I went to get when I went into it. So it was right. just like wrong impressions. Mm-hmm. All right, so that we're going to have that discussion every year until something <laughs> else br- breaks in. It's going to be Spirit Island Mage Night, and at this point, Spirit Island is going to take the pace. And uh, Eric Roos has did announce on Twitter that he is starting to uh, churn up another expansion. So it was expanded wow. last year, and the <laughs> next mm. expansion is going to center on the Dehan and and making them a little bit Ooh. more an active. Finally, part of the it story. is about time. I will say, yeah, I mean, yeah. So like, he he hears it. So it's like, okay, now yeah. I'm going to figure out how to do this. That's been it. Like he hasn't announced that, but he did put out call for like okay give us some ideas and everything so it's in a formation stage mm. we may not see it for a couple of years but it is not a dead product unlike mage Knight, which unfortunately we're probably not going to get more of but whatever uh people like mage Knight. uh okay yeah, so well, we didn't of- get more gospels either but people are still reading those <laughs> <laughs> interesting parallel uh, okay so um keeping you no know, some i mean there's a lot of stability in the list so we're not going to mention every game we've mentioned games uh, all along the time but i think that um marvel champions the card game is kind of a newer entry uh here mm-hmm. it was on the list last year a uh, debuted a couple of years ago has outstripped the other uh collectible card games uh for a number of reasons i think that marvel obviously uh, I think that this is uh, Marvel Champions is the best game for pure solo. Uh, Lord of the Rings card game is a rough solo because you got to do the three decks. Uh, Arkham Horror the card game is yeah. kind of more story based. That's a little bit more. Uh, I mean, people love Arkham Horror the card game. It's here, mm. but in terms of that, this really leaning into that crunch and the hand management. I think people and the collectability. People love the collectability too. Mm. Different heroes and you know different deck constructions. Marvel Champions <laughs> the card game is definitely a worthy number three. Uh, Does anybody else here enjoy uh, Marvel Champions? Oh yes, oh, yeah. Every oh yeah. Every <laughs> every LCG. I mean, Lord oh, of the Rings, God, Arkham Horror, and Marvel Champions. Ugh. I got all three, and I'm glad to see them all in the top ten because they do make great solo games. So granted, they Lord do. of the Rings is a bit more harder to get to the table because you do have to deck build quite crazy with that one whereas i think the appeal with marvel champions particularly is that half the deck building is already done for you mm-hmm. you you take yeah. this hero half the deck's already prescribed you now just have to fill up the other 20 or 30 cards so you can get a deck together reasonably well if only if i've only got one worry about this game is that i'm worried that power creep is starting to set in a bit with the villains where they're right. becoming so crazily impossible at times. Mm-hmm. It's like, wow. <laughs> so you've got to really devote to trying to beat them. It's like, I want a few more villains that I can just have fun playing against and win at least once, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm not surprised that Champions is up there too, because it, it is more accessible. Both, mm. ter- You know, I think with Arkham Horror, it feels more difficult to go back and start at the beginning when the story has yeah. advanced so far now. And yeah. it feels kind of weird. It got um, out of hand really fast. Yeah, like, and, in and, terms of the no, releases, it, it was a lot. Mm. And now it's I the, feel stressed out about it because I can't catch up. <laughs> it's it's the scenario based part because I mean Arkham Horror. I mean you can pick whichever campaign you like. You don't have to get all the campaigns to enjoy it. But the the cycle pack thing is a problem when it came to its model. So the fact that now Fantasy Flight are doing this whole big box thing for every cycle again, perfect. Yeah. That's really how it should be distributed. Marvel Champions does have the advantage though, which is something I like about you know Sentinels and a few others. Like it's the, or Mansions of Madness, actually, a perfect example, is scenario-based. Campaigns I'm starting to get a little bit sick of where it's like, oh, great, I've now got to commit another 15 to 20 games to get through this campaign. Even Lord of the Rings and Arkham Horror, great, but you've got to play a good eight-part campaign if you're doing the full story. Marvel Champions doesn't have that. I just right. pick a villain, go, done. That yeah. story is wrapped up. 
you know, no exactly. to be continued. But there's no story. I mean, like, like stories are, it's a, it's a pile of mechanisms and they're really good mechanisms, but that, mm-hmm. that was my disappointment well, with Marvel. Like, I mean, I, I kind of want at least like a three mm-hmm. uh, character arc and it makes sense. I, I just didn't thematically, I think it's the, almost the weakest one of the three this, LCGs. For, for me, the, I think, Mar- hmm. oh, sorry, I was going to say uh, Marvel Champions, I went hard and heavy uh, when it first came out. I thought it was great. Got it to the table, bought every expansion. And then realized I was buying expansions without playing the game. And it, it, it probably hasn't hit my table in over 12 months now. So I've got plenty of unopened expansions. I've stopped buying the expansions now. And this came on the back of a similar thing with uh, Arkham Horror LCG as well. And I think I've come to the realizations that LCGs just aren't for me. And I understand why Marvel Champions rate so high. I understand how accessible it is and why people get a great experience out of it. For me, it wouldn't make my top 20 at all. Yeah. Mm. It's, I, I, I get what you mean about more content and not getting it played because I'll imagine that there's certainly a, a chunk of the Arkham Horror one I still haven't got through yet. Sure. Marvel Champions is like, I've, been, I've got like Nebula and I've got, what have I got that? Yeah, Mad Titan Shadow up there and I haven't even, even like got it played yet. So it's like there's mm-hmm. plenty enough content out there, but it sort of drips feed in. And I suppose it's like, all right, this is a game I already love. Just give me a nice little bit of extra variety of it without a ton of mechanisms and storage space it's not too bad i mean one calax shelf compared to a lot of the the giant miniature monstrosities that probably take up an entire calax four by four by themselves uh madara yeah. kevin <laughs> that probably takes up a yeah. ton of space yeah the the, that's the champions like, no, that's one box yeah i get you okay. about the theme not being as strong with champions the, the stories rather than it telling the story plot you've got to make up the stories and some scenarios are better at that than others like the standard yeah. basic ones don't really tell that much but if you play the multi-part ones like kang for example is probably my favorite one of the whole lot because that one is kind of like a free part scenario yeah. in itself but that one definitely brings out a few story moments. I think it also has to do with how well you know or identify with the character you're playing, because yeah. I think the yeah. theme hits harder if you're like, oh yeah, this power totally does feel like this character, mm. and that mm-hmm. feels like something they would be able to do. So if you're in it for that, I think that makes more probably yeah. makes more of an impact. Yeah. So I yeah. don't think Marvel Champ is going to go anywhere anytime soon. I really don't. I think no. we're going to see no. these three, and then there's going to be churn under it, but I think these three are going to be kind of up there in this mm. order. Uh, so I'm going to go from the bottom to top in terms of debut because we have four debuts. Uh, we mentioned Lost Ruins of Arnak before. I, I almost think so. Lost Ruins of Arnak was weird because it came out right during COVID. And, and mm-hmm. I think it was like mm-hmm. the one game that was like, OK, play this. A lot of games came out and they're like, we're not, I, you know, they're just going to stay on the shelf, but whatever. But for whatever reason, and maybe somebody could explain it to me, Lost Ruins of Arnak really kind of punched through that. And it's like, wow, this is really solid mm. deck building and worker placement and all the different mechanisms. Uh, go ahead, Luke. Well, I'm, I've played it solo, but I still I find it more fun multiplayer. So it's surprising that it's, it's got surprising. this high because I still like playing it with two, three or four players to have that tension with the spaces. But the solo is still decent. But man, do I love this game. <laughs> <laughs> it, makes me, it makes me sad for the next debut you're going to talk about be- beating it out. But it's just like, yeah, it's, it's, I think we've mentioned it before where it's just, like, all right, here's a bunch of mechanics, but everything is just silky smooth. There is no gears grinding in this game. Everything just works and flows with fairly quick turns because you're just doing, you've got 10 actions to pick from, do one of them and that's your turn. So it goes around at a pretty quick pace. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I agree wholeheartedly. <laughs> I agree wholeheartedly that everything absolutely works in Arnak. What it misses for me 
is an engaging solo experience, and I've never felt engaged with it. I found the game, uh, as it came in the base box, way too easy as a solo game, and I'm not a great game. I lose far more games than I win. Uh, and I know they released the purple expansion that you can have online, etc., which added some level of difficulty, but my enjoyment had already gone. I don't really find that enjoyment in Arnak. Now, the other game, Doom, uh, I find far superior. There are similar, they're not the same game. There are similar mechanisms in both these games. But Arnak for me is a poster child for everything that you should do in making a game work mechanically. And I understand why people love it. But for me, it just, it leaves me just yeah. kind of without basically. Yeah. It's, it's so fine. I actually have the same issue with it. It's good. But do I want to play it 50 more times? Where's the pop? Eh, yeah, there's, there's the pop. There's something yeah. about it that didn't yeah. quite. Like, yeah. yeah. there, there are games that kind of make my heart speed up a little bit when I'm playing. And it's like, I just can't wait for what's going to happen next. And that can happen with any kind of game. I mean, I like Euros. I like war games. I like historical games. But there's something about Arnak. It's like everything works. But it's still not. It just doesn't have that shine. That shine. Yeah, there's no. It. No heart there for me uh, personally you, in the game, and I think that's what's missing. Yeah. Are you are you talking purely solo based though, or are you talking in general? Including multiplayer, it's fine. Multiplayer, it's a game that I'll always say yes. It's like Pandemic Fall Over for me. I'll always say yes to it. It's not a problem. I'm happy enough to mm. play it, but it's not more than that. Mm. I still gotta play it. I, I want. I love I, it. <laughs> <laughs> I will show the UK I, Games I, Expo. Yeah. That, that'd be great. I'm, to I'm totally down with it being a weaker solo game because I will pretty much mainly just play it multiplayer so we have mentioned dune imperium at number 23 mm -hmm. at up here debut and you know that's i think because michael kelly had reviewed it and he didn't love it and you know i think people kind of just went back and forth about the solo of it a multiplayer it's very uh clashy asymmetric factions just like june so it's like you know uh area control so like the solo bot was uh, left people a little bit wanting and so like you know people go back and forth so i'm actually surprised it to make it make it this high but I think because of the Dune craze in general, people mm. just love being in this world and it's a solid game enough. So it's like enough elements came together that it debuts here at number 23. I don't know if it'll stay here, but people still like Dune Imperium. Go ahead, Mark. You, you've got the expansion coming out soon, haven't you? The Rise of X expansion for it as well, which is going to breathe more life into it. And I think, again, this is a game, uh, and I can't explain why. All the mechanisms work, but I'm invested in this game in a way that I'm not invested in Arnak in. And just, I just feel more of a connection with this. And I'm not a huge Dune fan. You know, I read the book and yes, I enjoyed the film, but I enjoyed this before I'd read the book or watched the film. Luke hates the film, so we'll not even go there. Um, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Go, follow <laughs> Luke on Facebook so you get his detailed movie reviews, <laughs> usually terrible reviews because he's a sour guy. <laughs> <laughs> But this, this game uh, for Solo, the, the, the Solo that comes out of the box is, is great, but it's one of the ones where I would point you to one of the apps which allows you to cycle through the market, basically, because for whatever reason, in the Solo game out of the box, they didn't put a market cycling mechanism in there. You can substitute it whichever way you want, roll a D6, do whatever you want to make sure you cycle that market. But I'm invested in this, and my wife has played it, and she's got no interest in the – she hasn't read the book, and she hasn't seen the film at that point. And she thoroughly enjoyed playing this with me as well. So I, I, I really – for whatever reason, they're similar games, not the same games. They are similar games uh, in terms of the deck construction element of, um, uh, of both of the games, but I just prefer Doom. It just gives me a more engaging experience when I play it. Liz, have you played Doom? Yeah. I've not. Um, I would be open to it. I like Doom. 
Yeah. So. I want to play both. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't think you yeah. need to. I don't think you need to know much about Dune or even like it to play no. Dune Imperium no, because the theme, the theme is helps. not super. The theme is not particularly strong in it. So if even if you don't like Dune, you should still at least be able to enjoy the game. Yeah, it helps. I, I like listen. I think it helps. Uh, a couple of more debuts. Uh, so Imperium Classics at mm. fifteen, and I think I'm this, shocked it's that high. It's uh, good. I'm, it is the solo I'm, game of the year, though. Like I mean, really. I, yeah, in terms of like a, a new game, people were a yeah. lot of people were talking about it. Mm. It's recent hotness, but it's also the, if you talk about some of these other games we've just mentioned, oh, I'd rather play it multiplayer rather than solo. This is the game where I think you have to be like mad in order to want to play it multiplayer because <laughs> it really is only a solo right. game. Because right. I, I've got it. Uh, granted, the artwork's debatable and I wish it was had a few bit streamlined rules in it, but it is downstairs in full. It's got all the variety and it has a very fun, I love deck builders in general. And it's like, great, give me a deck builder. But yeah, I would never play this anything other than solo. It right. is pretty much a solo only game for everybody mm. who has it. That's so, true. I've not once been like, hotness. let me take that to game night. Yeah, I would like to play, mm. Dune, uh, sorry, not Dune. I would like to play Imperium Classics with my friends. Like, no, I won't no. play it by myself. <laughs> <laughs> See, and, and this game, this is one of the ones where I think, am I missing something? I've enjoyed it. Uh, but I think it massively outstays its welcome at the same time. Yes. It's too long a game. Uh, and I think that's why I don't go back and play it a lot. I understand that people absolutely adore this game. And mm -hmm. obviously it's David Turchie and, uh, and Nigel Buckle, and they've now done uh, Voidfall. Uh, the pedigree is there. I get exactly what it's doing and why it's doing it. I just don't particularly like it that much. Um, yep. You're correct about one thing there, which is it does outstay its welcome. That's my one big beef with it i mentioned in the review which was that i just wish it as well as being a bit more streamlined i wish it was shorter now yeah. i've tried a few me methods to try and shorten it like remove a couple of cards from the decks in advance or something and that helps you know because whatever with the like, balance saying it's like look i just need to shave off 30 minutes off this game if i can and that is something that does hurt it because i want to get it out and part of it is like oh, i really would like to try that faction now but then i have to realize Oh man, I got to set those cards up and spend a good ninety minutes with this. Urgh, I don't know. <laughs> like... Yeah, I think yeah. there aren't a lot of Civ games out there, and I think solo gamers like Civ, and mm. there's just not. And and, and yeah. it just scratched a, a Civ itch because the the factions really do line up with in some like ways. So, like if you're Rome, you're conquering a lot, and if you're yeah. in these different factions, you're doing different things. You're the Vikings, you stay barbarian, and I think that people just got into that. And the fact that it's mm. that and cards and it's a you know low price point relative, at least yeah, I, I think just all that comes together. Maybe there's not like one reason this is the best game, but like a, it, it combines a lot of different things. I really, really dig Imperium and there's more coming. <laughs> you know, really? there's more coming. it's a fantastic product. I will love to talk about that. I'm looking forward to talking about that more down the road. Uh, and then one last debut, which is not a debut. This is actually a really old game. But it got a new printing, it got a new uh, coat of paint, and it has rocketed up. And it is one of the uh, big go-to quick games under Falling Skies. So uh, making Liz smile down there under. Yeah, Falling it's on Skies. my. It's like my most excited about like to play list. Like I have it, oh, and I'm just like ready. Still played. No, mm. actually, I heard John mention Mark the last like, time I talked yeah, to y'all. Don't but... worry about. It. Don't meet your heroes over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think, Mark, about Underfalling Skies? I, I think it's great. I think, again, yeah. this is another game that hits the nail on the head in terms of solo play. It, its timescale is good. You've got the campaign in the box. 
the price point is fantastic on this, yeah. And there's no reason as a solo player that you don't go out, buy this game, fully enjoy it, and pass it on to somebody else because you, you know, you'll have got your money's worth out of it. I think it's uh, does it do anything new and fantastic and interest? Uh, sorry, new and uh, revolutionary? Not necessarily. What it does is it strips everything down to a a game that works, doesn't outstay its welcome, uh, and you've got the progressive campaign as well. I think it's just a fantastic solo game that every solo gamer should have in their collection at some point. Whether they keep it or not, it's up to them. But yeah, I think it's this fantastic. A quick dice game, and we love yeah. our quick dice games. Uh, you know, we Oniverse has a couple dice games in there, and we you, you always get them kind of flowing in and out. Uh, but Under Falling Skies is like just so streamlined. And it, and it yeah. just it just it just here have dice and, and go <laughs> and but yeah. but with decisions like it isn't just Yahtzee right? mm. it, it, it really yeah. just it's like a tuning fork sometimes you get a game that just hit that mm. crop that proper tuning of like okay I want something super simple but not super dumb it's right here yeah uh, under falling yeah. skies definitely highly recommended uh you do you play these little games Kevin is this easy like appear for you at all or is it like all Madara mm-hmm. or bust. Uh, you know, you, my, my tastes have certainly been refined to the point where I know what I like. Um, I will say, though, that I just got Imper- the, the Imperium games in a trade, thanks to Liz's review and Colin's playthrough. So I just got both of those. But no, typically, actually, I was asking people about what's a good roll and write to get. So now I'm thinking of maybe Hadrian's Wall or something mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. that you mentioned earlier. But no, typically the smaller ones don't. I, I like big campaigns. That's that's my thing. That's your thing. And, and, and I mean, I'm retired awesome. now, so I have time. So you know, if I hear Imperium <laughs> Classics is long, it's like, so what? Yeah. <laughs> so, so then, uh, so just going over. Um, so these are categories. So like, I, what I like to do sometimes is look at the list and go like best in show. So you're like, okay, what's the best deck builder? What's the best worker placer? What's the, you know, cause that's what that always gets asked, right? You know, give yeah. me that your top or whatever it is. So like, this is a really good list to be like, okay, what is the good, what is the best in whatever category? And they're usually, they've been fairly stable over the last couple of years, but we have had some change. Worker placement, it has been viticulture for the longest time. That, it, you know, viticulture is still there. Sorry, Mark. <laughs> Mark, right, ignore Mark. Mark is yeah. killing sacred cows over here. But no, I, yeah. I traded off my viticulture recently too. Man. It's still like, there. I guess uh, I still got it up there. Um, collector's box still there. Still there. <laughs> um, it, I don't it, know, Mark, Mark, tune into my show later on this evening. I'll tell you more about it. Right? I'd rather fall asleep from, <laughs> I'd rather fall asleep from actually drinking the wine than from pretending yeah. to make <laughs> But to be, you know, to be, I could say that about a lot of games. Like, <laughs> but we have a new champion, like pure worker placement game, which is Anachrony. Yeah, Anachrony yeah. from Mind Clash Games. Yeah. People, uh, we're all loving on that, and I think that game is just going to mm. keep on going up and up. Dave, uh, David Tercy has gone back in, redone the solo, and I think we're getting more stuff for that. So yeah. Anachrony is going to continue to be that kind of like paradigm. You know, yeah. it's it's a mind bender. Like I, I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. say that that should be your first worker placement game, but in terms of it's like not a that, real, it's not that difficult to learn though. I think you know it, it, it looks more difficult than it is an acronym. But once you've got those base rules down and you start adding those modules in, I mean you, you can play the base game a few times, get to grips with it. You can add those modules in very, very easy. I don't think it's a difficult game to learn. I think you disagree, Luke. I, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, but, shit, but I, I don't know. This gets me with a lot of, I think, a lot of 
proper gamers also like skew weights of games far too much anachrony is a heavy monstrosity of a game i mean that's just the base rules of it i actually don't play with a lot of the extra scenarios because i think there's already enough in it as it is and i do like the solo mode in it i've played the new was it chronosus bottle chronosus yeah but but this is kind of David Turtsy shtick or something because like, you'll get a decent solo mode, but man, do you have to bolt on a lot of extra rules in order to actually learn the extra solo mode on top. The bot is not something you can just throw in on a passing glance. It took me ages to get through that. Mm-hmm. Fun. Wow. Yeah, I must, I, 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 so, so some Euros I will learn uh, double-handed. I'll play both uh, two-handed if you like. Anachrony, I, w- I went straight into the solo on Anachrony and I've not looked back ever since. So yeah, I suppose it's different for different people, isn't it? Yeah. Right. So yeah. that's the like your paradigm worker placement game. People also put like a feast for Odin on there, and that one has like other things going on. So it's kind of a more hybrid thing. But feast mm. for Odin is always a perennial, uh, top yeah. new way game, uh, short mm. card game. I'm sure this makes Liz happy. Uh, we have a lot of like little tiny fillers. We mentioned Orchard and Odin, all these games, but Sprawlopolis is going to take the cake on that one. Sprawlopolis and Agropolis, you know, the, how many cards in that thing? Like 18 cards? 18. 18. And, and yeah. With expansions, there's a few more, but 18. And, you know, just like, you know, town building and, you know, putting your uh, adjacencies together and scoring points. It's a very, very simple game. Uh, it is definitely like, it's been here for a couple of years now, and I don't think it's going to go anywhere anytime soon yep. because we do have more stuff for it. A uh, yep. long card game. We've talked about like the LCGs. People just loving on their LCGs. Three of them in the top 10 is like crazy to me, but you know, <laughs> your money, people. <laughs> <laughs> um, dice chucker, you know, just like, you know, I'm going to sit down and I want to chuck some dice. Uh, we got, uh, you know, we mentioned Under Falling Skies, but like in terms of like a much more a media experience, we had role player in the previous list, but I think Nemo's War, as Liz mentioned earlier, if you're going to sit down and you're going to chuck dice, let's mm. put some nautical theme on it and let's like, you know, kill, mm. uh, you know, big whales and let's do, let's do that. I still got, where is it? Is it here? I don't think you actually kill any whales in it, do you? <laughs> <laughs> Look for whales. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, uh, I remember like you attack a lot of like other nation ships or whatever, but I don't remember actually going after a whale. <laughs> right. Uh, dungeon crawler. I mean, Gloomhaven. Kevin combined the uh, Jaws of the Line and regular Gloomhaven because they do integrate. I think other lists will kind of keep those separate, but that's why it's really high. I mean, Gloomhaven is still kind of the gold standard if you want to just like, you know, dive into a dungeon and get loots and everything. Um, people, it's, it's divisive. Mark is not the biggest fan. There's definitely people who don't feel the way about Gloomhaven, but it is still a beloved uh, game too many bones. Oh, oh I mean, we yes. talk about that one. There we go. Yeah. If you uh, want, I thought we were going to we we go and get a cup of tea. <laughs> if you like, I, I did, in terms of fair, yeah. To be fair, I gave it a six. I didn't give it like a horrible score. A six. It's, get out. It's <laughs> complicated oh, as old get out for a dice chucker. It's and not it, a dice chucker. It is an RPG adventure. It's not it an RPG. It's a tactical battle game. <laughs> no, it's it not an a, RPG. That's a skill tree. It's the skill tree aspect of it. It's I, what it's the, for. It's it's like playing a video game. It's like you have to love yeah. skill trees, which I do. If you have spent a bunch of time in Skyrim being like, what skill do I want to get next with my skill point? Then too many bones is a game for you. It's it a, gets top marks ooh. for the variety and those like the skill tree leveling up, even though you kind of take a character and you go right that's the prime build and never build any other way but it's i do love the variety with those characters with the gear locks that they've got i just the fact never that got you're any saying RPG that makes me have so many questions about your I, review and it's i just I, just I got no rpg sense out of it though because i wanted the story as well with it but the story is literally a deck of cards with no can we mute 
Yeah. Coherency. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just muted. We're too late. We're, too, we're too, yeah. way too far down the road of yeah. terrible but opinions do, on everybody. Do, to be do, fair, though, to Luke, a very, yeah. bear in mind that, you know, this is my kind of second favorite game of all time. Uh, I agree with <laughs> wow. Luke on the on the base game uh, that you, your adventure is limited. Once you've got all, and I think you only had the base game, didn't you, Luke, sent to you. But once you've got all the things like 40 Days in Daylor and the other stuff that goes in there, you know, you, you look at things like Spice and Dice, uh, then you start to build this greater adventure. But I take it from a base game perspective, unless you, you know, unless it grabs you, um, you're not probably going to be willing yeah, to then explore would... more of the universe. I mean, the more that you do get, the better the experience it becomes, was, absolutely. It, it was yeah. base plus two extra gear locks or so, so I got to try a couple of extra characters. And that was the yeah. main bit I got from it. It's like, oh, I want to try this character now. I want to try this one. The story I kind of glossed over. I was like, all right, fine. There's no story here, not too fast. The rules were a bit of a pain. I mean, even fans of the game have got to admit the rules are a nightmare oh. in, in this one. Like, it's a thing you conquer once you get They've past it. They've gotten much great. better. The, the very yeah. first edition, it, the rules were a nightmare, yeah. but now yeah. it's much yeah. better. It, de- it, it depends. There's a, there's a certain channel that has done a, uh, a kind of guide to each of the gear locks, isn't yes. there, Liz? I can't remember what it's called there. <laughs> fantastic yeah. channel and a fantastic <laughs> person that's done a guide to the gear locks. If you watch Liz's videos, the rules will make perfect sense. To well, you. to be fair, I, I did because I had to look at this giant reference sheet of stuff. It's like, oh my God, who's done videos on this? Ah, this is sweet. Because I've got something actually, to... Hopefully, you'll be doing a much larger scale, like your walk guide. So, but yeah, I'm um, I'm really I so I don't. Okay, I understand what you're saying about the story, but that's not really the point. Like the lore is super cute, and I can see why Chip Theory gets really into that, and I like the creativity on that. But it's really in those different characters, in the skill builds, in the fact that you have to build differently for each tyrant or for who you're playing with. Like there is no ideal build because what it is is who is on my team, who am I going up against, and how much time do I have? Mm -hmm. And as you play the game more often, you're going to build differently knowing, okay, so I saw these kind of enemies go into those chip stacks, so I know I need to do something about that. It is the biggest, for me, difference. It is hard as nails with those. It's the (laughs) biggest difference between... Uh, too many bones and Gloomhaven for me. So Gloomhaven, you build your character yeah. and you build an awesome character and you're going to raffle stomp through a lot of different scenarios. Uh, too many bones. You have to build towards the scenario. You, yeah. Like, yeah. like you can't build your poison guy and the enemy is immune to poison. Like, I mean, this, there's these, this uh, very much hard counters that you have to you yeah. know, kind of yeah. deal with but, in too many bones, but- which is excellent. That to me made it feel too linear though, because I like because I want to say, right, I've got this medic character. Oh, cool, I can make a poison character. This is my favorite way to play it. But if this if this if it's basically saying, right, who am I fighting against? Oh, that person. Nah, I've got to play it like this, otherwise I'll lose. And it's hard as nails, this game. <laughs> but you literally are contradicted. You said I have to build them the same way every time last time. So, like, which is it? Are you just making stuff Ooh. up to sound too cool for this game? Ooh. I'm sensing, I'm smelling <laughs> <some laughs> tobacco right here. Like <laughs> well, yeah, but I I, want to be- <laughs> I mean, I like the variety. I just, I find I don't get to build as much of the variety as I. But then, to be honest, the RPG sense of it. I mean, if you tell me it's an RPG, I wanted the story, but it wasn't there. But like I said, I don't do That's bad. True. The biggest mm-hmm. thing that usually I've debated with with others is when people talk about the tactical part of it. The map, I don't get the map because oh. people say that's a really tactical movement thing. Every time I've played it, it felt more like a rugby scrum. Like, it was like, well, like an NFL starting lineup or something. It's like, so, because I thought monsters were going to move all over the map and you were going to do like flanks and stuff. But whenever I played it, it's like, right, you've got your four 
you've got a couple of melee guys at the front. There's your four melee enemies. Go. And then like the NFL, everybody clashes until somebody's left standing. I don't know. Did I play it wrong? Uh, I don't know. Because it never it never felt like a skirmish. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you're you're partially right, but if you ignore the tactics, if you just say, Well, I'm just gonna I got a range character, I'm just gonna sit here and, and shoot. You're gonna lose if your melee character yeah. just charges straight ahead to the closest enemy. You're gonna lose if you, and you know. So I think yes, it's not it's not a hundred by hundred grid map where you can go all over the place. And and yes, flanking doesn't really happen. Um, I get that, but if especially with the later characters, more and more movement counts. And I guess in this last Kickstarter, they started adding you know lava terrain and stuff like that, which really changed it. Here's what I'll say. To me, if someone wants to say what's wrong with too many bones, I mean, the first thing that I think hits people is the cost. But then here's what I did is I I got Marvel Champions, the base game. I played it. I'm like, okay, but I don't want to spend another thousand dollars on this over the next five to 10 years. I'd rather just place, I'd rather buy more um, too many bones. And so I throw away Marvel Champions. The last Kickstarter, I didn't even look at it. It said, okay, 220 bucks to get the newest stuff. Sure, sign me up. And then I moved on yeah. and I haven't looked at the page since wow. they charged me yesterday. Yeah. Because it's just, I don't <laughs> care. I know it's going to be great. I, I don't care what it is. It's going to be fantastic. Um, and, and, and you know, like kind of like Madara in a way, the, the characters are so different. Um, again, so many games, the characters are, okay, they're different. They got a different name or the picture is different, but they're not different. These are different. And there's some I love. There's some I don't want to play with, I admit. Um, there's some that you put this character with this character, and that's a that's a huge difference in yeah. how you play. I'm, I might play um, Tantrum one way, but if I don't have a healer or if I'm with someone who's not ranged, I got to play them really different. And, mm. you know, so, and, and again, and the, the tyrant makes a big difference. Um, but I love the little map. Um, where yes, you're not moving around a lot, and they recognize that as a as a knock on it. That and they came up, they changed it in the latest Kickstarter where they're going to make you move more. They're making dexterity be a lot higher thing you need. That, that would be cool. Wouldn't but you? I would move. Okay, you know you got to move yeah. some. Those yeah. are best in show, right? I mean, too many bones. We can go all, all day. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah. But, you know, too many bones in Gloomhaven are in terms of like dungeon stuff, and you know that that character creation yeah. along the way. Uh, Mage Knight kind of goes along with that, but it's doing something different. But they, there's a lot of different flavors in terms of the dungeon stuff. Uh, just to kind of round out the list, uh, Euros uh, Guy Project is like in terms of a classic Euro, just like, okay, uh, you know, I want to crunch numbers, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, and with an excellent bot. Like, you know, so um, I didn't include uh, solo bots like Martin Monrad Pedersen is very well represented uh, in terms of the, the Automa bots uh, all up and down the list. Uh, so Guy Project is probably his best solo, uh, best solo bot. Fees for Odin, Noose for Jord. I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> Noose for something along like that. Long lines. A very good uh, selection of euros there. Uh, deck builder mm. making Liz happy. Uh, Imperium Classics, very very strong showing, but does not conquer the the king. Uh, the or the, the the rain. Let's not go gender on this one. The rainer, which is uh, Aeon's end. So still making Liz happy, right? Right, Liz. Oh yeah, yeah. I like that game a lot. I was actually, you know, we didn't mention it earlier, but. You know, even though it's much lower down, I was also happy to see things like Apex Therapod. Since that's mm, got yeah. its reprint. Like, that's a fabulous deck builder. Just yeah, excellent. Anything where I could be a dinosaur is is a winner for me. <laughs> I got to get that one to the table. That one's definitely cool. And, uh, of course, baseball highlights 
another friend's <laughs> ex-builder. <laughs> I, I, I we said that we I'm, weren't going to mention it, Liz, yeah. either for the very end. How could you, Liz? I'm thinking, I'm going to take dinosaurs over baseball. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. Baseball robots? I just mm, love it. Oh. Oh, but that. Sorry, I was... we, we agree on so much, yeah. but that isn't one of them. With the, <laughs> with the, with the big Euros, though, it's I, it was pretty high. Where where was it? Because uh, we mentioned like Uri Rosenberg stuff. Oh, 39, not too bad. But it, I mean, I like Feast of Odin fine. I I can understand, yeah, probably play it solo more than multiplayer and that. But I would have liked Fields of Isle to have got to the top 25 or something. Because, I mean, that as a solo sandbox game is just my kind of farming Euro. It's like, just give me 100 options and let me choose how I want to build this, you know, mm-hmm. without something sort of pigeonholing me into like one thing. Cause it doesn't throw like a special scenario to say, right, we're doing this scenario. Therefore you better do this aspect. It's like, it's like, Nope. Even pursuit of happiness is kind of a similar thing. It's like, apart from those little solo objectives you've got for the most part, it's cool. All right. Where do I want to do this time? Yeah, and right. and th- that gets me into a lot more games is a sandbox type feeling. So that is a ton of solo for your tables, for your wallets, for your faces, for Christmas that is coming up. Uh, <laughs> and I went the entire time all together without saying the word pandemic once. So I, yeah. I said to myself, I mentioned it every year and I took it out, but oh, whatever. It is it's irrelevant. It is. That, if you're getting half of these solo games for Christmas, you're having a very generous Christmas. <laughs> There's a really expensive break yeah. uh, things on here. Uh, but hopefully we have given you a very large cross-section of things to enjoy. We've had a lot of laughs here. Uh, you know, we, we go at each other, but there's nothing but love on this channel. Um, <laughs> nothing, nothing, but well, maybe a little bit. Mark, <laughs> Mark, you said it yourself. You spent more time with me than your wife. All right. So this is true. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, just let's just round this out. Uh, Luke Hector, tell people about your channel. Uh, the Broken Maple reviews, previous top tens. Tell it how it is, but. I always say at the end, it's only a game because no matter, I I love a game, I'll tell about it. If I hate a game, I'll hate about it. But at the end of the day, everyone's got different tastes and I love that aspect of gaming. It's like, it's great to get different contrasting views. Watch my top 10 recently with chairman of the board, prime example, you know, thematic Euro versus Stefan Feld lover, you know, it's that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But yep, if you want to basically just get a blunt <laughs> perspective, then by all means, check it out. That's the Broken Meeple. Mark Dainty with Not Board Gaming. Tell about your channel. So, Notboard Gaming is purely solo and solo based. Uh, yeah, reviews, previews, uh, interviews, etc. Yes, when my reviews are right, I will be. Uh, I can be as blunt, if not you know, quite as blunt as Luke, but I can be blunt in some of the games that don't really scratch an itch for me. Uh, but yeah, I tend to release a video about once every 10, 14 days, something like that. So, not necessarily high output, uh, but really all things solo gaming. I love solo gaming. Is it a British thing for us to be blunt? I don't know. Yeah, I'm nice. And I, I, I'm going to call that a British thing. I'm not, I'm not nearly as blunt with my reception. Uh, Liz Davis from Beyond Solitaire, they did, uh, Mark did mention gracefully that, you know, you have a lot of stuff on Beyond Solitaire, including some really good tutorials for Too Many Bones. Uh, and there's more coming up also on the podcast. Yes. Uh, so I'm Beyond Solitaire all over the place. Uh, good brand consistency, I guess. But yes, come to my YouTube channel for uh, some reviews, some playthroughs, some tutorials. And uh, actually, I put my podcast over there as well. I just did an interview series with all the finalists for the Zenobia Award, which is, you know, a war game or a historical game award. So I'm doing all kinds of just wild stuff over on my channel. Come over and see me. Happy to talk games. 
Kevin Erskine has no channel. You will not hear from this man, uh, his voice or his face uh, for an entire year. Hopefully he has not fired me and then we'll be back for uh, year seven. You did invite me once during the year when Liz canceled on you. So you're like desperate for someone to join you on a video. I wanted you, it's just the timing because you were out. It was a timing thing. So it was like, Seven o'clock, I could get Liz. They were like, oh, I got to delay to 10. Liz like, I'm sleeping. Kevin's still awake. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, he he came in for for a chip theory, uh, which which knows no secret about how much you love chip theory. But Kevin Erskine, people can absolutely interact with you on the One Player Guild on BGG. That is correct? Yes. Yes. I'm on there all the time. Um, So I may may still only be playing one game right now, but I still interact with a lot of people on there. (laughs) Hopefully you get Imperium to the table sooner rather than later. Imperium is really good. All right. So uh, that was top 200 people's choice solo games commentary. We have fun with this every single year. Hopefully you had fun as well. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving in the the Americas. Happy holiday season. Uh, Hopefully get those games in early. Get those purchases early for Christmas because of the shipping nightmares. Uh, You got to get them now so that they get there in time under your tree for Christmas. Uh, or just enjoy no spending whatsoever. Just enjoy some beautiful games with beautiful, uh, you know, family and friends. Or you know, as we are in talking about solo by yourself, just get some fun stuff to the table. Uh, any way you want to enjoy this hobby, we are all for it. If you can change your mind, you can change the world, people. So until next time, later, everybody. Thanks for joining us again for the One Stop Co-op Shop podcast. Check out our YouTube channel at One Stop Co-op Shop. Also, join us for games and discussion on our Discord channel. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash one stop. Or leave us a review on iTunes. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week for another Top 5 list. <laughs>